Welcome to Sports Scope, the most influential sports talk show in the nation. Stay tuned for updates and great sports content. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler, on this ninth day of January. Uh, breaking news here. Today, I didn't expect that Mike Vrabel fired from the Tennessee Titans. I'll talk about that after the break here. Uh, thoughts on the national championship. Uh, give a good scope, bad scope. Talk a little bit about the NFL this past weekend and more. So um, stand by when I come back, make a couple quick announcements about some upcoming guests. Then we'll hit the ground running here on Sportscope. Hello, Sportsco followers. The program has seen tremendous growth since going five days a week. I just want to thank everybody for your cash contributions and sharing the program uh, with friends and families. Just a reminder, if you want to contribute to the program, go to the cash app, the word, the cash sign and Sportsco. There are other ways to contribute to the program listed at the bottom of the screen. If you want to advertise on the program, go to sports, that is sports with an S, another S, scope, S-K-O-P-E, at gmail.com, just like it's listed at the bottom of the screen. Thank you, and enjoy the program. All righty then. Okay, now, uh, a couple of quick announcements. Today is Tuesday. Tomorrow, I'll have Ken Norris back on the program. He's willing to talk a little college football, get his thoughts on the national championship game, uh, the, the, the Alabama game, plus get his thoughts on uh, so many players opting out of the bowl games and whatnot. Uh, Ken Norris will be on tomorrow, uh, 30 minutes past the hour. Now, Thursday, Mike Richmond. Uh, Mike Richmond, author Mike Richmond uh, from the D.C. area, well-known. I've had him on before talking about his book, uh, discussing he is a Washington commander, Washington Redskin historian. We know that um, Ron Rivera was fired also on Sunday. Uh, listen, they've got the most money now, according to these cap. Uh, uh, websites, salary cap websites, they've got the most money, followed by the Tennessee Titans. Plus, the commanders have the number two overall pick. They're hiring Bob Myers, the former NBA uh, executive general manager of the Golden State Warriors. So, going to get his thoughts on Thursday. And, of course, Friday we'll have Carlos, mad New Yorker, Chavez in. So, got a full week of slate next Tuesday. Rich Ferris will be returning from to the program, get his thoughts. It'll be a week into the new coaching search by then. Uh, he'll be on, get his thoughts on. He's from the Titans flagship to talk about the Mike Vrabel hiring and where the team will be uh, this week, uh, this time next week. Had a very busy schedule. Plus, I had a lot of stuff I wanted to talk about tonight. Long-winded show. Didn't really want to bring any guests on tonight. Okay. Since I'm out of Nashville, we'll talk about the national championship here in just a little bit. All right. Um, I did not expect, again, 
I didn't. I, I was aware that uh, Brable was being talked about as as a possible uh, trade commodity for the Titans. That was with the New England Patriots. That never come to fruition. Um, I, I was. You listen. Monday happened. Nothing happened. Black Monday coming past. I figured that the Titans were were looking towards the future with with, with Frable and, and Ron Carthon and whatnot. This team has the second most. They're only a million dollars short. They have the second most cap space. Uh, they are seventh in. Uh, they have the seventh overall pick next year. Uh, they got some pieces. Uh, some pieces there. Marcus Spears at running back. Will Levis a possible uh, quarterback to, to to build out from under and, and and Peter Sinorski. So they've got some pieces in play. They've made some pretty good plays last year in free agency. Defensively, they did. I uh, wasn't in love with the Andre Dillard, which you know I, I had Rich Ferris on here, and he said that was Mike Brable's idea to bring in the left tackle here. He's been a total disappointment at that position. So. Coming up to the today around lunchtime, uh, the Titans suddenly fire Mike Vrabel after uh, myself included an impression again that Vrabel would be safe because he made it through yesterday. No news uh, that he was fired. Uh, listen, and so I got this off of the uh, the Athletic here from Diana Rossini from the Athletic here. Uh, this was this was uh, an article clipped about Mike Brable Sunday's 28. They uh, 28 the 20 upset of the Jacksonville Jaguars left Brable Titans. They were six in uh, 11, left him with 18 losses in 24 games. His tenure, uh, Brable was 56 and 48 overall, two and three in the postseason. Uh, the offense had dried up. He made some poor staff hires. What this article says, injury issues have been consistently excessive for three seasons. He doesn't get a complete pass on personnel gaps over recent years. Also, many projects, he projects uh, the smartest guy in the room syndrome in public at times. And some people don't like that. But firing him, Strunk, has gone back uh, on both sides. Okay, so that that was from the athletic here. Um, I'll, I'll say this. If you just read the national media here, they're pounding this woman and pounding this woman in the ground. And after hearing her, I've got some uh, audio of her talking with Mike Keith. He's the voice of the Tennessee Titans. She answers some crucial questions about this. Listen, I've said this myself. Uh, I've had some of the critics come on about Brable. He, the, the Titans offense was 30th in the National Football League last year. Okay. They had Todd Downing. They fired Todd Downing, the offense quarter. Remember, he got the DUI and 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 said the big lie after the Green Bay game. Went on a big losing streak after that. And but the offense was 30th in the NFL last year. Okay, so you think they're gonna? I'm pretty sure Amy talked to to, to Brave. Well, hey, listen, we gotta do something about this offense. It's, it's vanilla. I understand you got offensive line issues and everything, but. Uh, probably want to address this issue. This is a big weak spot for the team. Well, you think he goes outside the organization and and and, hire, and, and does this big search for a coordinator or uh, somebody's quarterback coach around the league? No, he hires in house. That's he's been there six years. 
That's all he does. That's all he did. He hired somebody in-house, in-house, very stubborn, did not want to work with anybody outside the house. Well, you need some new type of vision. That's a typical thing of a defensive-minded head coach. You see that a lot here. Uh, look at Mike Tomlin, same thing. So, anyways, yeah, he, he hired uh, – he got rid of Matt Canada. Do you think they went outside? No, they went and just brought in Joe Brady. He was an in-house guy, okay? So, I can kind of see where the frustration will lie. Um, you know, uh, from 2018 to 21, Vrabel under the Titans had a 41-24 and 24 record. The last two years is 13-21, and 21, okay? So – you got to look at it from that perspective. All right. All right. So, yeah. And I know he won coach of the year. Uh, they won the, the, the South twice. I thought eventually they would get the line squared away. And, 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 and I, I hadn't lost faith in the guy, but I'm just giving you everything. So here, here is a long bite. I, I will pause this and comment. This is Mike Keith, the sound, the radio, um, they play by play, man, since they've been the Titans, uh, since they've been called the Titans since 1999 and even a few years before that. This is the guy asking Amy Adams Strunk, the owner, why does she do what she do today uh, and firing uh, Mike Brabel here? So listen up. It's a very difficult decision. And Mike was our head coach for six seasons, and he brought a lot of passion every day to work. Um, to players, to staff, to, to, to the organization. And I will always appreciate what Mike brought and wish the best for Mike and his family. Can you tell us the reason or reasons that you decided to make this change? The last two seasons have been very disappointing. And the, the fans felt it. I felt it. We made changes last year. And I came to believe we need. Listen, she said they made changes last year. Yeah, they made changes, okay? Uh, she fired John Robertson. He got very erratic at the end. The general manager taking all these injury, high-risk, injury, high-character, uh, uh, high-character guys in the first round, high-character issue players in the first round over the last couple of years. But also, also, she mentioned the last two years we tried to make uh, personnel changes. She was talking about Todd Downing, the offensive coordinator. I mean, they had they were 30th. They were 30th in pro. You say, well, why? Well, they had injuries. Well, look at the Cleveland Browns. They had injuries too. Now they're in the playoffs here. Okay. They're still moving the ball downfield. She's seeing what a lot of these other owners are seeing, and myself included, that these defensive minded head coaches. They're very mule-headed. They do not like to get things too far out of they, – they, they're, 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 especially the older ones, are less reluctant to make changes on the offensive side of the ball. They, they do not want to spend a lot of money on the offensive side. Well, you have to in 2024, 2023, or you will get left behind. Again, the last four Super Bowl uh, uh, teams that were in the Super Bowl, Forget about the winners in the Super Bowl had offensive-minded head coaches. You can still win with a defensive-minded head coach, but you need an all-world quarterback, and you need a well-above offensive line to do so. So listen up. Here's more. We need to make a change to the coaching staff. 
People want to know, when did you come to this decision? It wasn't a last night or a month ago or whenever. It's just kind of been all season watching. And it, it was difficult, but I thought it was time to make that change. There's been discussion in a lot of different circles about the possibility of trading the head coach. Was consideration given to trading Mike Frayden? Well, yes, there was, but there's a bit of misconception about a coach's contract, say, versus a player's contract. A coach's contract, you can't trade them unless they're a willing partner to that trade. So, yes, we thought about it, but at the end of the day, with league rules the way they are, it would have maybe put us back three weeks. And, and you know, honestly, to, to get the right head coach, I was just not willing to, to go to the back of the line. Yes, okay. The trade situation, all right? Now, that situation and rumors all revolved around the New England Patriots, okay? The Patriots still have Bill Belichick. Uh, Kraft has not made he he, uh, he hasn't stepped down. Robert Kraft hasn't fired Bill Belichick. So again, if you don't hear it from the horse's mouth, you assume when you assume uh, that this lady's an idiot. And she don't know what. Well, who are you gonna trade him to? Who who, who else are you gonna trade him to? You don't start calling around and like she said, well, he don't have to agree to go to the Carolina Panthers. And, and, and coach under David Tepper, you know, uh, when, when we've had this happen before in the past, where there'd be John Gruden getting traded to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he wanted to go coach the Buccaneers. He knew they were ready-made team, okay? And they gave proper compensation for uh, and draft capital for, for John Gruden. Same thing. With, with, with Herm Edwards, he was traded from the, the from the Jets to, to the Chiefs, and ultimately Bill Belichick was traded from the Jets to the New England Patriots. But again, the only rumors that, that surrounded the trade was with New England. And of course, New England, as of today, as of yesterday, all the way up to the program, Bill Belichick's still the coach. So what's she going to do to sit around and, and call a bunch of teams and, 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 and fall. So I understand why she did what she did. That all makes sense. And take a chance of missing out on someone we, we really wanted. All right, so I'm going to put two questions together. Will the new head coach report to Rand Carthon or to you? And who will have control of the 53-man roster? Today is about the coaching staff. I'm not quite ready to answer that question. I still have some things to work through. But I will answer both those questions at the end of the process. So when it's done, you'll make this clear publicly who the head coach reports to and who has control of the roster. Absolutely. Well, I hope that that's Rand Carthon. You know, I hope that she does that. Uh, <coughs> again, <coughs> the Titans, 28th in offense last year. Uh, they spent a lot of money, went out and got DeAndre Hopkins. They spent draft capital. They they drafted Tajay Spears. They drafted a new quarterback. Uh, they drafted um, Peter Sonorski. Uh, they added Brunskill at, at guard. 
Uh, they have added Dillard, which supposedly he was Mike Rabel's idea. So you add all these pieces, and you're just two spots better offensively. Okay, so I can kind of understand where she's coming from. You know, uh, I, I don't think this person, people will say she's in over her head. Well, but, but when you hear it from her perspective and you, you look at where the team has been going the last few years, you look at the fact he's not want to go outside the organization uh, to make changes. Uh, we don't know how much he butted heads with, with the general manager on, on personnel and whatnot. Uh, my guess is he probably wanted to go more defense and, and Carton said, no, we need to go offense here. Uh, this team is getting killed here. That we'll never know. That we'll never know. So, so when you hear it all the way from the horse's mouth and you look at the actual data of what the team's been through, uh, kind of get an understanding. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that's, uh, that's someone who is not resting on the laurels. Uh, she, she's making a move. So I totally get once you read everything and look at it, you say, hey, listen, this guy's hard-headed. You know, that's the reason why um, the Texans did what they did last year with Lovey Smith. He didn't want to hot fire any of his assistants, you know, and now look at him. Now, now look at, at, at what the Texans have done here. So, um, and of course, people want to say smart stuff like this, uh, pay for the stadium and all that crap. You know, uh, I, I don't know. Just um, don't don't vote for that stuff. I don't know. Anyways, so I'm just kind of give you an, an understanding of why something happened the way it did. Okay, for instance, for example, look back. Look back last year, one year ago today, give or take about a week. Look back last year, all right? Now, the Houston Texans have won the AFC South, and you've got guys like Stephen A. Smith calling them races because uh, they fired Lovey Smith, even though they fired a black guy. They hired him over one another black guy, which was um, – can't remember the guy. He's a former, he's a former special teams coach out of Baltimore. Okay, so uh, so then they fired Lovey Smith because Lovey Smith didn't want to make changes on on his on his staff here. Now you look at the Houston Texans. They beat Indianapolis, which eventually led to after Tennessee Sunday beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, and now they have. Uh, you know, they have won the division. Uh, they went from one year ago to having the number one overall pick. Remember, they had the number one overall pick for weeks leading in. Let's, we're talking 22 now, not 23. They had the number one pick overall for weeks leading up to the very last game of the season. And then... They played the Colts last year at the end of the season, just like they did this year. Lovey Smith goes for two. Then they fall to number two, right? And the Bears end up getting the number one pick and later traded it to the Carolina Panthers. Okay. So now you look at the narrative. They've had three coaches in three years with the son now being a controlling owner. Uh, 
with Mr. McNair died a few years back before that. It's one of the most dysfunctional organizations in America. You see people like Stephen A. Smith dogging them out. I had my share of criticisms of the Texans last year. Uh, of, uh, remember they had Deshaun Watson wanted out uh, a, a year before that. They had the Bill O'Brien uh, debacle there where he was a general manager and everything. Uh, three coaches in three years. It was a total train wreck, you know. Uh, so you fast forward it through to the draft, through the hiring process, is they hire a former Houston Texans, Domingo Ryans. They get a good offensive coordinator, Billy Slowick, and then they they hit a home run with C.J. Stroud with the number two pick overall. They traded this year's first round pick and got Alabama's Will Anderson, and now Will Anderson may be the defensive rookie of the year. And Stroud, if it wasn't for his concussion being out two games, he would have been rookie of the year, okay? So now they've, they've got their franchise quarterback. They seem to have the right coach to coach him, and they've won the division. So what a difference one year makes. Note, the Detroit Lions and Cleveland Browns are in the playoffs because they've got the right coach and right quarterback. So if you're Titans fans and you look at some of these other organizations who have been total train wrecks, Detroit, Cleveland, Houston, uh, there is hope if you get the right coach and you get the right quarterback back. So uh, it just goes to show you, going back to today's notes here, um, there is hope out there. It's hope in the draft and it's hope when, when, when you make changes at the head coaching um, position here. So people ask me, uh, well, what should they do? What, what should they do? Uh, as I've been saying here for the past uh, several, this whole season, as I've been saying here for this past whole uh, season here, is you, you want to lean offensive-minded. Because I mean that 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 is just where the the league is going at this point. Um, I mean, you can still win with the defense, but you need an all-world quarterback to do so. You know, uh, you look at the Dolphins; they're first in total offense. Uh, two is a limited quarterback, athletically and arm strength. Miami's made the playoffs the last two years in a row, despite multiple, unlike the Titans, uns and despite multiple offensive line injuries. And quarterback injuries, um, they had some guy named Tyler Skyler Thompson winning games for him last year, if you guys recall. Okay, so you want to look at somebody like him, and and this would be, um, you want to look at somebody like a, um, oh god, what's this guy's name here? Frank White. Make sure I got this name right here because I, I I got ahead of myself here. You got Slowick here. Uh Frank Smith, excuse me. Frank Smith, uh 42 years old. Uh been with the Dolphins last few years. Somebody like that. He's their offensive coordinator. He would be one of the guys that, that I would bring in and interview for this job. Okay. Uh use that zone blocking running scheme use similar uh, type of offense that they have, all right? Same thing, say, for instance, if, if you did, because 
They've got a Rand Carthon who comes out of San Francisco. Would you look at a young 36-year-old Billy Slowick uh, from Houston who's done a really good job with C.J. Stroud? Now, the only way I would do that, per se, is like Sean McVay did in um, uh, when he first got the job with the Rams, okay? He went out and got a Will uh, uh, Wade Phillips here as a defensive coordinator, uh, guys in his late 60s, early 70s, uh, to run the defensive first few years, help get his feet wet as a head coach here. Uh, uh, say, for instance, so if, you, if you got a 36-year-old Billy Slowick from Houston that is very young, but, you know, very promising young coach here, uh, you want to bring in a veteran defensive, uh, a former head coach to run your defense, somebody like a, you know, I'm using him, for example, like a Ron Rivera. You you, you want a guy that that is has got some older vets around him uh, to help him learn uh, the basis here, you know, to help him learn uh, the ropes here and let this guy work with the quarterback and, and, and figure out the offensive side of things. And, and on the other side of the ball, uh, special teams, defense, you, you want to go vet, vet, vet there, you know, surround yourself with people who know something that you do not know. Uh, that's why one of the reasons why Sean McVay has been so successful with the Rams at such a young age, he was not insecure enough not to surround himself with older coaches who knew stuff that he did not know. That's why he's got a Super Bowl ring at this current time. So somebody like uh, Houston's Bobby Slowick, uh, somebody like the uh, the offensive coordinator uh, from the um, the offensive coordinator. From the Miami Dolphins here, I just mentioned him. And also, listen, listen, uh, uh, Todd Munkin with the Ravens, uh, the offensive coordinator here. Listen, uh, Todd, Lamar Jackson, 24 touchdowns, seven interceptions uh, in 16 games. Remember, he didn't play last week because they were already – they've already so far ahead. Uh, Ravens sixth in total offense. Most starters rested in the last game. Still played really well. Now, Munkin is 57. Now, now Todd Munkin, Todd Munkin, now at that age, you think, well, what if Todd Munkin is just uh, just a coordinator material? Maybe he's not head coaching material. That's what you find out in the uh, interview process. Is this guy really head coaching material, Munkin, or – Maybe he's just got a bunch of bad, bad breaks. Maybe he is head coaching material. Okay. He's also worked with Stetson Bennett, uh, two national championships there uh, with uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. This guy was a walk-on. He was a walk-on. Ended up getting, up getting drafted in the fourth round. You look at look at Lamar Jackson, uh, very hard time passing the ball. Love the way this guy schemed up plays. For Lamar Jackson in this receiving core here, guys looking wide open. Munkin would be one, one of my few earliest that I would want to talk to uh, to help run this organization here. So they're all from the defensive side of the ball, and of course, obviously a wild card would be Jim Harbaugh. You know, uh, you think you think Mike Vrabel's a strong personality. 
Jim Harbaugh's a very he's fresh off on national championship. He's coached in the NFL before, went to the Super Bowl with the 49ers. He would be really good. He would be really good helping out with the draft his first four or five years. But that's the problem with Harbaugh. He'll probably be there no matter where he goes in the NFL, just four or five years because he runs hot everywhere he goes. Uh, that being said, who's to say you might not get to the Super Bowl, if not win it, when that short period of time, and then in four or five years, you're looking for a new uh, you're looking for a new coach again. But hey, listen, listen. If you've got your uh, if you've got your uh, stadium here, if you've got your stadium here, that would look good there. Uh, that will look good here um, to help you out. You know, get the team to the Super Bowl in, in the in the new stadium or whatnot. A guy like Jim Harbaugh could do something like that. Now that's a fifteen million dollar a year plus price tag. Uh, I tell you what, if if she did think big and then she did go after Harbaugh and she did sign a Harbaugh, this these uh, fans would would forget about Mike Brable in about two seconds flat. Um, they would forget all about Brable. I know a lot of people. Frustrated with them, her firing Rabel, but if she went in and got a guy like a like a um, Jim Harbaugh here, that that would set that will set this city on fire here. I uh, don't think he'll go here. Uh, I think he he's going to look around. He'll probably look at that L.A. Charger job. Uh, I've heard talks of the Raiders. I wouldn't want to go to the Raiders and coach a guy like Aiden O'Connell. With the Raiders, uh, they don't have a high enough draft pick. Uh, they don't seem to have a lot of money in cap room. I guess you can make it, but uh, I just could not see it. I would not take that if I'm Jim Harbaugh. And obviously, another wild card would be Ben Johnson from Detroit here. You know, um, he's one of the hot, he's the hottest commodity that's being talked about as far as actual coordinators right now. Uh, ben Johnson. The finalists actually offered the job with the Carolina Panthers last year, turned it down. Now the Carolina Panthers trying to get go after him again. David Tepper throwing drinks on fans and stuff, getting fined $300,000 by the league there. If he does that in public, how do you think Tepper is in private? Um, there's no way that I would take that job if I'm Ben Johnson. But if she gets one of those type of names, a Ben Johnson from Detroit, a Todd Munkin from Baltimore, for God's sake, a Jim Harbaugh, um, Billy Slowell would, would be a big one because that's the connection with Ron Carthon here. Uh, but if she gets one of those youngers, a Frank, uh, Frank Smith out of, uh, out, out of Miami, those 42 and younger crowd, you want to get a, uh, a vet defensive coordinator and, and special teams coach to help you out around uh, him. Now, of course, if you get Jim, you kind of let him do do, do uh, whatever he wants here. I think Jim would be a nice fit here in Nashville, but uh, I, I don't know if she would want to go that route, you know? So those are the ones that we'll look for. Uh, I'll tell you what. Um, did you notice I didn't say any defensive-minded? If she gets a Dan Quinn, uh, somebody like that, 
If she goes out and get a Brian Flores, I know Flores did a really good job with Minnesota defense. That would totally rip this team for that. If they went defensive after going offensive, um, I, I would totally rip for that because you, you just got rid of a defensive-minded head coach here. You want to go opposite of what you had if you want to really implement some type of change. Okay. All righty then. Whoo, man, that's a mouthful. Had to get me a couple swigs of water there. Um, you know, and then, like I said, again, uh, during this whole time, Rabel never went outside the organization, replacing defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators. Uh, if he did, I didn't notice it. So you kind of want some flexibility here, okay? Alrighty then. I know it was a mouthful, but I'm out of Nashville, and I, I know that a lot of people uh, wanted to hear about that story. Caught me off guard. It really did. Caught me off guard. Did not see that one coming here. Okay. All right. Now, so uh, really good game on Sunday night. Really good. Actually, you know what? Let me go to the college. Let's go, uh, since we were talking about uh, Jim Harbaugh, um, last night's game, okay? Uh, Michigan looked like the better team. Two drives in, uh, quick touchdowns. This felt like this was going to be Notre Dame and Alabama back in, was it 2011, 2012, for Brett Musburger. I think he's like, if this were a fight, we, we would call it by now, okay? We would have called. Uh, then uh, Washington, it kind of gets their footing. They settle down. Uh, it, it's like 14 to 3. And uh, it keeps you watching for a little bit longer. You got 25 million people watch this national championship game. So I went on and watched it. But, you know, we all know what happened here. Michigan goes on and wins the national championship. Jim Harbaugh. Finally wins a national championship, you know. Uh, beat last year, he beat uh, TCU the year before that, or he, excuse me, he lost to TCU the year before that. He lost to Georgia as an NFL coach. He he lost the Super Bowl. So it, it, it kind of that the seed with Jim Harbaugh was that the school of thought with Jim, not John with Jim, that he can't win the big one. And that's and that was a correct um, criticism here, okay? Remember, they, they got to the NFC Championship, got beat. Remember, the, the, the Giants put him out uh, when he was with Alex Smith. So they get Colin Kaepernick, a um, little bit better athlete at quarterback. Then they go on and, and, and get to the Super Bowl. He runs hot with the general manager there. They butt heads, goes to Michigan. Remember when he goes to Michigan, uh, well, first five years, folks, he couldn't beat Urban Meyer, uh, could not beat Ohio State. Thought he might have plateaued at around 2019, something like that. And then Urban Meyer has his issues, and, and, and then he steps down. And then they kind of hit a low point in the 2020 year. 
uh, gets in some, some uh, gets into some NCAA trouble with the COVID stuff there. Then you got Ron Day bragging about how bad they beat, um, how, how bad they beat up on Michigan and yada yada yada, scoring sixty something points. He has to sit down with the athletic director. Uh, they cut his salary up a little bit. Uh, he's forced to fire some people. So sometimes it's good for a coach to be held accountable, right? So he, he fires some people. Then we know what happened the next year. They beat, they finally beat Ohio State in the snow, ran the ball over them, only to lose to Georgia in the playoff that year. And then the next year, they run the table again. They go to Ohio State and beat them again by 21 points, okay? Go to Ohio State, beat them again. Then they get into the uh, playoff, and I mentioned lose the TCU. Thought they got a little pass happy in that game. And then, of course, this year we know what happened. Uh, he finally gets over the hump, so he, he goes on. And it finally wins a national championship, um, beats Ohio State three times. They go 15-0, and 0, wins a national championship in his eighth year. So you can't say he's an overrated coach who can't win the big one, you know? Um, so now at 15-0, and 0, the guy's a hot commodity. Uh, I don't know what he's going to do. I know one thing, when he was asked about it, he said, well, let me celebrate this at first. We also know that um, Harbaugh has has hired an agent. Uh, Tom Brady's, I don't, I don't know if this guy's still, uh, Don Yee or whatever his name is. I don't know if he's um, still working with Tom Brady or not, but this is an NFL agent. I do think he's going to look at some of these jobs because he's tired of all this NIL uh, transfer portal stuff here. They're going to lose McCarthy, probably going to go to the NFL. Blake Corum came back. Um, he came back this year, so he's definitely going to go to the NFL. Got a lot of defensive players that's going to go. Uh, we'll see. Now, he could stay and still get another suspension. There is a possibility uh, for for the uh, whatever you call it, Spygate, his his version of the Spygate, uh, you know, stealing signals and sending somebody taking pictures of signals or whatever. But I don't know with all these openings here in the NFL. Uh, I mean, you, when you've got Atlanta being open, uh, you've got the, the, now the the Commanders again. Uh, the commanders here, they got the most money in the NFL. They, they got the most uh, cap room uh, by $1 million over Tennessee. You know, they're like $78 million in cap space. Tennessee's like $77 million in cap space. They got the number two overall pick. They can get uh, Drake, uh, Drake May, or, or, or maybe Penix, or whoever you think, maybe Jalen Daniels or somebody. Or maybe even get Caleb Williams. Maybe he falls to the second pick overall. Uh, so I didn't realize that they were in that good a shape here. Okay. Uh, number two overall pick. Got all that money. Uh, got a new owner. A very aggressive owner. Trying to think big. 
So that may be an attractive job to him. You know, that very well may be attractive job. Here's a, here's a, uh, here's a little bit of his resume here. Okay. Uh, somebody put this out on the Twitter X account. Uh, Led University of San Diego to consecutive 11 and one seasons. That was before he went to Stanford. Uh, turned around Stanford's football program. He went 12 and one, won the Orange Bowl. Remember, he had Andrew Luck. He had Andrew Luck. Uh, he recruited him out of high school and developed Andrew Luck there with Stanford. They'd be, they were like 40 something point underdogs against a powerhouse USC team. They beat USC, uh, USC. I can't believe it. That was back when USC was winning national championships with Pete Carroll. Uh, and then, of course, achieved a 44-19 one-tie record as the 49ers head coach. Three NFC title games and a Super Bowl appearance. Three straight playoff appearances and a national championship. And he's got over a $125 million contract. Uh, for what I understand, on the table there to stay with Michigan. So the iron's pretty hot right now, you know? The iron's pretty hot. Um, we'll see how this thing plays out, you know? We, we'll see how it plays out. He's um, His stock is not going to be higher than it is right now, you know? Uh, is he going to be a Pete Carroll? Is he going to be a Jimmy Johnson? Uh, I think so. I, I think I think there's a very good possibility. Uh, he he likes these new challenges. Uh, you know, this is the first national championship, undisputed, undisputed since 1948 for Michigan, uh, where they shared a championship in 1997. I want to say they shared with Nebraska uh, that year, but they had to Charles Woodson. Uh, the controversial um, Heisman that he he won over Peyton Manning, but hey, you know he played uh, with Lloyd Carr being the head coach here. So uh, he is the man. You know, it was really funny about Harbaugh. I don't know if anybody saw this in the game last night. They showed a scene in pregame, and um, Jim, Jim Harbaugh is the game hadn't started yet. He, he's in full game mode. He, he's got his hands on his knees, uh, standing on uh, standing on the sideline here, looking down, totally stressed out, trying to – I guess he's trying to clear his head before the game starts here. Uh, got a full headset on. Again, the game hadn't started yet. Nothing's going on. He looks like he's in full game mode, right? And then – John, his brother, this is in Houston where the where the national championship is taking place, walks up beside him, says, and kind of pats him on his shoulder, and he looks up, hey, how's it going, man? <laughs> and, and kind of startles him, and he sees his brother, shakes his hand, and, and gives him a hug there. That, that was a pretty cool little moment. It kind of helped him relax just for a minute. He, he's one intense SOB here, that, uh, uh, that Jim Harbaugh here. So yeah, his brother got a chance to uh, get to see him win, and his dad, parents are still alive. Uh, went, finally, won a national championship, so he can measure up to his brother here, who's won a Super Bowl. Remember, they played each other in the Super Bowl back in 2012 and 2013. Um, 
But hey, listen, we'll, we'll we'll see how this thing plays out. Okay. All right. Now, switching gears, switching gears back to the pro game. Switching gears back to the program. Let's go back to the other biggest game of the week, and and I thought it was uh, Dolphins and Bills. I pick, I picked the Bills to win. Uh, Carlos, he he picked the Dolphins here, uh, and, and quite frankly, I thought the Dolphins going to win this game. I, I thought Buffalo on Sunday night uh, looked like too much hero ball out of Josh Allen. You know, uh, early on, got away from running the ball. Allen trying to play hero ball, and almost cost him the game. Two interceptions there and a fumble, and a fumble, but they ne- he he never lost his composure and neither did the team. Plus, hey, all those Buffalo Bill fans down there, man, you know. But you know, listen, the Bills they got a big road win despite Allen's hero ball passes, forcing bad passes in the first half, a careless fumble, second total, three turnovers. Of course, Tua had two interceptions himself, but I still got to credit the grit of Allen. Uh, Bills were uh, down 14-7 to on the road. The start of the fourth quarter, um, I, I didn't realize that a few weeks ago they signed Leonard Fournette off the street. That was a big addition. Uh, Joe Brady, the interim, remember this, Joe Brady, uh, the interim offensive coordinator took over for Ken Dorsey's fireman season. Uh, the whole offensive line has played together all season long. That's a huge plus for Buffalo, and it showed in the biggest moments on Sunday night. Uh, big wins. Listen, Bills get the number two seed. will host Pittsburgh Monday at uh, 1 o'clock Eastern game. Bills will not get to the Super Bowl playing hero ball, not using the underneath game with James Cook and Leonard Fournette, who Fournette, remember, he's got um, he's got experience playing with Brady, uh, playing that underneath game with Brady going back to, to the 2020 season where they won the Super Bowl with that Tampa Bay team. You hope they get back into that because if they play that way against Pittsburgh, they can lose. They definitely won't beat this Baltimore team um, playing that way. Playing Josh Allen, you just play the hero ball, Hercules, run through multiple tackles. No, use James Cook. Use that underneath game. Uh, I do like the fact that they was using Dalton Kid K, the rookie tight end first-round pick. Uh, Use him. Uh, Sherfield, who used to play with the Dolphins, that Shakir guy, uh, that other receiver here, using those receivers around Diggs. I know Gabe Davis has been a no-show this year. But, you know, uh, if it wasn't for guys like Xavier Howard and Brad uh, Bradley Chubb being out, they probably do beat the Buffalo Bills, you know? Um, and again, that that's another defensive-minded head coach, but he's got an all-world talent there at quarterback who is saving Sean McDermott. And again, they're they're playing like they always do for the past three years at this time of year. 
They'll try to run the ball early in the season, whether it be with Devin Singletary, who's shining really well right now with Houston, okay, or um, James Cook, the second-year player. Uh, They'll try to do that early. That doesn't work. Then they'll go back to, Josh, you saved the day. You you make the big run. You you make the throws. Well, that – we know how that story ends. That story ends by losing a shootout to Kansas City or playing a very good uh, Cincinnati defense who was disciplined like they were last year and totally had uh, Josh Allen and that offense totally out of sorts, only scoring 10 points at home, getting beat by Cincinnati 27-10, to 10, totally humiliated. Um, when Cincinnati's on their way to the Super Bowl. So that's something, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and expecting a different result. So you hope that they look and say, listen, yeah, we got away with one here. We were down going into the fourth quarter. We needed a special teams touchdown here uh, to really set us up here. And, of course, hero ball by Josh Allen at the end despite his turnovers, that's not going to work out like that every week. You can't even beat Kansas City playing that well. They had a good game plan against Kansas City and beat them. But if he plays the way he did Sunday night up there in Kansas City, it's going to look like the Kansas City Bills game that's been in the playoffs for the last two or three years where Kansas City comes out victorious and the Bills go home again. So, again... If the Bills, which they could, if they get put out in the divisional round, I think that they should also look for another head coach. You know, I really do. Vic Vangio was right. He, uh, that's the defensive coordinator for the Dolphins. The guy does look like, uh, he, he, he does look like John Elway on steroids. Okay. And John Elway, once they got rid of Dan Reeves, they put a solid running game in there with Mike Shanahan. Two Super Bowls later, you got two rings from him and the city of Denver, and it's good that you see a talent like that um, get ahead. So there's still time left, Buffalo. Try not to make the same mistake over. Take care of business this week. Make sure don't forget to run the ball against the Steelers. You should handle them easy. You're nine-and-a-half-point favorites, though. But Steelers have beat them when they've been 10-point favorites before, so don't be surprised if that don't happen, folks. Okay? Okay, good scope, bad scope. Where I was right, where I was wrong um, this week. Uh, Good scope, where I had this right. AFC North could be the best division in the NFL. I said that in the offseason, talking about – um, the improvement of the defense of, of the Cleveland Browns in the offseason, uh, making new additions to their staff. Uh, and, of course, Deshaun Watson coming back. We talked about Cincinnati. We knew that the Ravens have added new uh, pieces to their offense. They end up being the best team in the division. Cincinnati looked great until, of course, Burrow went down. But guess what? The AFC North, everybody had a winning record. It turned out to be the best record Three of the four teams are in the playoffs here. And, of course, the lowly Cincinnati Bengals were 9-8. and eight. 
So, yeah, I was right about that. Saw that coming around March of last year when the new hires and uh, the new situation, uh, everything was being uh, dealt out as far as personnel and coaching in the AFC North. Bad. Okay, Atlanta with the league's easiest schedule coming in would somehow make the playoffs. I thought they'd be about 7-10 and 10, uh, with the 32nd-ranked schedule. Ridiculously easy. Instead, they were 7-10, and 10, not 10-7, and 7-10. Now, Arthur Smith has been fired. Uh, wrong about Atlanta. Can't really get Atlanta right. Uh, that's a pretty good job, too. You've got the offensive line. You've got skilled players. You've got a fair defense. Maybe you need another pass rusher. Um, probably a younger tackle to take over for Clayus Campbell, who's about 100 years old in football. But left tackle, you got the line there. You got the 10th pick. Uh, you're a quarterback away uh, in a fairly easy division there. But, yeah, I thought Atlanta would make the playoffs, and they didn't. Okay, good scope. Picking Dallas, picking Dallas to win the NFC East and not the Eagles. Uh, listen, 19 straight years, a different team has won the NFC East. This year, the 19th, is no different. The Eagles won it last year. The, the, the Cowboys have won the NFC East this year. Cowboys are number two seed. The Eagles drop down to five seed. And do not be surprised if they don't lose a tackle. Don't be surprised if there's a lot of uh, changes made on the Eagles staff. Maybe Sirianni survives this year. But this time next year, if they play this bad with all these great players, don't be surprised two years removed from a Super Bowl that the Eagles won't move on again from their head coach. Uh, Dallas wins the NFC East. A lot of people said that would not happen. I was not one of those people. Dallas did win it at the end. Didn't win the way I thought they would win it, but they end up winning it, and the Eagles lost it. Okay? All right. Uh, let's see. Good scope. Geno Smith, likely a one-year wonder. I said that back around Thanksgiving, that they're going to be one of the teams out looking for another quarterback. I knew they shouldn't have gave him that money. It's still a very team-friendly deal. Uh, they have a better team on paper, Seattle, than they did last year, man. I mean, they got Devin Witherspoon, Jackson Smith, Jigma. Uh, they got another running back, and they had the worst record. They had the worst record, you know. Lost at home to a Pittsburgh team with a with a backup quarterback there, you know. Uh, they come up short, and Pete Carroll stands so. Uh, they'll definitely be looking for a quarterback through the draft, uh, through a car. Maybe they work out something with Russell Wilson and bring him back for a team discount. I don't know. But they're not going to stay with Geno Smith. They're going to stay status quo. I'll tell you that, especially after missing the playoffs last year when they made it uh, the year before that. So keep an eye on Seattle here. And we'll see how this thing goes about. Okay. So that's it in, in essentially a nutshell for the good scope and the bad scope here. Um, now, tomorrow, I have Ken Norris in. 
Uh, he, he's got a rant. He he he's he don't understand why these teams in college, and he's made a good point. You know, if you opt out of your bowl game, some guys are opting out of playoff game. I mean, why is that considered meaningless? You know, uh, got, he's got a beef with that about the players here. You know, if, if you try not to get hurt, it seems like you try, you get hurt, you know. If you play with the mentality is, I'm here to play, finish my job, keep your head on a, on, on a swivel, usually those type of players don't get hurt. It's the guys who are trying to dip out on practice. Uh, I, I notice more people are getting hurt when they're practicing less here. Uh, look at all the soft tissue injuries we've had. So he's got a little bit of a beef about that. I'll ask him what does he think about that what he think about the college football playoff and where we're at. He'll be on tomorrow. And again, on Thursday, Mike Richmond, which I'm curious to see. Uh, Michael it loves to emphasize he's not a reporter. He said, I'm not. I said, I know you're not a reporter. I'm just getting your opinion, man. Uh, Cause I remember you said you wanted to come on the program uh, when and if Ron Rivera be fired. Of course he was fired on Sunday and now, they, again, they've got a, the most money, and they've got the number two pick. Uh, a lot of good skilled players there. Pickles, like you said, uh, probably need help on their offensive line as well. Maybe not as bad as a Tennessee or New York Jets type of situation, but they're going to need some help as well. Uh, got a new owner, got a new attitude up there, and I'm going to see what he thinks about uh, where this organization's going uh, in, in 2024 here uh, with the commanders used to be the second most popular, most valuable organization in all of football, second only to the Dallas Cowboys here. Uh, in the 80s, uh, Joe Gibbs, three different Super Bowl wins by three different quarterbacks, a very popular team there. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you. So, uh, again, and of course, of course, Friday I'll have – Carlos, Matt, New Yorker, Chavez. So the next three days, I'll have guests. And, of course, next Tuesday, uh, 30 minutes past the hour, we'll talk more. We'll be a week into the coach in search of the Tennessee Titans new coach here. I'll have Rich Ferris from the Titans flagship radio station, 104.5 The Zone. So very busy time of year, folks. We got the NFL playoffs coming up this weekend. Um, never a dull moment even though it's really cold outside in January, uh, it's not as miserable as you think. A lot of stuff cooking on the inside here uh, in the NFL and wide world of sports in the month of January. If you folks like the show, please share the show. I will be back on tomorrow, same time, same place here on Sports Scope.